Hello, fellow teachers. Welcome to the EduWell Podcast, a show created by teachers, for teachers, with teachers. I'm Alex Bush. And I'm Chelsea Henderson. With over 30 years of combined teaching experience, we're here to help you find balance in your professional and personal lives. Each week, we dive into a well of information, exploring insights, strategies, and practical tips that you can apply both within and beyond your classroom. So whether you're new to teaching or a seasoned expert, this podcast is for you. Let's be well and do well together. together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our very first episode of EduWell. We are so excited to be here with you today. Before we dive into the well about dealing with that sneaky August anxiety, we're going to give a quick overview of the framework for this show. This podcast is based on a concept we learned years ago and continue to experience today, and that is the yearly cycle of an educator. So there are many phases of the cycle, and they include the first one, which is anticipation, and that includes all those feelings and emotions and tasks that pop up when the beginning of a new school year comes, and that quickly leads into the second stage, which is survival. And during the survival stage, you're kind of just keeping your head above water, you're just trying to get some air. Then there's the next phase, which is disillusionment, and that's when you might be feeling really discouraged or even defeated. Emotions that you can overcome with the next stages of the cycle, which are rejuvenation and reflection. So currently we are in the anticipation phase of the cycle because soon we're going to be starting a new school year. And I don't know about you, Alex, but I'm feeling that August anxiety. I'm having some of those school mirrors, those uh, nightmares you get when you're about to go back to school. Well, every every teacher who might be listening, who knows, they can, <laughs> they can relate to that for sure. Uh, those those August feelings, um, you just get super nervous, and you start having those nightmares where the bell is about to go, and you're still lying in bed, and you know someone is angry at you because of it. So, before we jump into the new school years, there are some things that we should do to feel prepared and set ourselves up for that you know, high level of success. We are really hoping to share our experiences with everyone. That's the good, bad, and the ugly. Because all the experiences aren't good experiences. And we've, you know, learned by making a lot of mistakes. That's how we get better. That's how we get better. We're going to pass on that learning. The first thing we do is reflect on the previous school year. It's important to spend some time thinking backwards and forwards before planning anything, really. We've found that it's helpful to think about what worked well last year and what didn't work so well. So why is that useful for a teacher to do this before the startup? It really gives you a sense of what you should stop, start, and continue. I'm going to repeat that. What you should stop doing, start doing, and continue to do. So it's useful to take the time and reflect on this so that you can set realistic expectations for yourself for that upcoming school year. So there's lots of different ways that you can do that. Like what are some ways that you do that? Okay, so for reflection, um, personally, if I think back now, I can't remember a lot of things that happened last year because we are so busy in the hustle and bustle in our work. Too busy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what I do is something simple. I keep a running Google Doc, which is a living to-do list, and um, I add things on there that I want to do maybe next week or next month or next year. doesn't matter. I just get it out of my head and onto that doc because it's something that I'm not going to lose and it's something that I can always refer back to. I mean, if I'm writing this on a bunch of sticky notes, they're all over the place. I can't find them and now I have no idea what I wrote. So I just use a Google doc to write down everything that I want to do in the future. And then I refer back to it whenever I can, but I especially refer back to it after I've had some time to reflect on my past experience, okay? Mm -hmm. And I can't do that 
until I have completely disconnected from work. Yeah. We need that time to forget about work completely, which is, you know, most often our summertime. Correct. So we need to use that time to feed our own souls. And then uh, when we're starting to feel this August anxiety, I look back to that Google Doc. Yeah. And honestly, I feel quite proud of myself when I find out the things that are on there. Like, oh, that's a good idea. I am going to do that this year. And then I, I'm, I'm comforted in that. Well, don't you look back and you're like, wow, I I. I did mm-hmm. so much. Um, I accomplished so much with the class. You know, at the end of the year, sometimes we're reflecting and we're like, oh, I don't really know. You know, what did I even do this year? But if you've documented it and you look back, you're always, you know, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And it helps remind you of, of what you did and what you want to change, add, continue. Yeah. Right. I mean, for instance, in my doc right now, I have things like start gratitude journals. That's something I want to start this year. I, I forgot I wanted to do that. Right. You know? But at, at the end of the June, I was exhausted. My brain was sort of mush. And so now seeing that, I already have a starting point with what I want to lead with in my classroom. I want to add also on my doc, I have add a tradition to the classroom. Excellent. And that's something that we're going to talk about in future episodes, actually really important to help with building community. Let's. And um, also begin with digital literacy. I wrote that down and I thought, oh yeah, I want to do a whole unit on digital literacy. So student organization of Google Drive, email, Google Classroom. So honestly, uh, like I said, I didn't remember that I wanted to do those things this year. But now I, I feel uh, a little bit less anxious knowing that I have these starting points. I love that. I wish that in the first few years of teaching that I used a strategy like a living doc. to kind Because of, there's some things that I did that were really, really amazing. And I, I don't recall the steps of how I enacted it. Yeah, right? exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> and, and I just find that... Uh, as teachers, there's so much information constantly coming into our head. It is actually not possible to remember everything. No. So taking that time to to write it down is super important. Yeah. Um, and, it, and when you do that, it helps you with our next tip, which is goal settings. Now I can look at all everything that I've written down and I can decide how I want to move forward. And when we set goals... Um, we want to focus on maybe one or two. Yeah. And like, what does that look like for you? All right. Well, for me, I really like to keep it simple. I I try to choose on one or two things to focus on improving, whether it's classroom management, student collaboration, or dealing with challenging behaviors, or maybe focusing on a specific curriculum, or even sometimes it might be, I say this too much in class. I need to stop saying this. (laughs) And that is something language I'm constantly working on. Um, but I would add that it's okay to, to make personal goals um, because as teachers, when our goals help us to be well, the classroom benefits too. So I think it's really important that whatever goal it is that you are making for your classroom community, that it's a goal that is not like an external goal. Some Somebody's told you to make this a goal, but something that you want to personally improve on. But make sure that the payout of reaching the goal benefits the class and you the individual within the class so that it's kind of like paying back and forward back and forward yeah right so like an example of that would be um oh i've noticed that there's too much um not enough movement in my classroom community it's really important that that i get the students to get up and move around so you're like okay i'm going to make it a goal that this many times a week i am going to Mm -hmm. take the students for a walk 
you know, people listening might be like, that causes stress. And and you are absolutely right. But if you you can also reduce stress, right? So that could go in line with a goal for me to take mental breaks, get fresh air, and be able to get some exercise. That benefits me, that benefits the students. So I'm always looking at that goals that can kind of help everyone to be better in this space enjoy the space more be calmer in this space yeah same yeah here. that's what that's what this whole podcast is about absolutely yeah we want to be good in our classroom we yeah. have to be well in we, order to lead people yeah yeah how do you how do you lead 30 students in a classroom space um when you are feeling you know not so hot in that moment yeah it's, exactly yeah so i don't think there's enough focus out there on um the self-care of the teacher And and it is a very challenging position to take on every day. Yeah, it is. But we can do it. Oh, we can do it. And we can do it really well. Let me give you you an example of a goal that I set for myself last year that has really benefited me personally and my classroom. I started using a digital planner at school to help with my preparation and my planning. And I did that because I wanted to be more tech savvy in all parts of my life. And that's a goal that I continue to build on. I mean, it's a process still, of course, especially with this digital world. Yeah. Um, And I learned all of this through using tech, of course. So through podcasts, videos, or books, which I enjoyed doing outside of work. Because the goal was going to benefit me in so many aspects of my life, not just my classroom. So yes, I was working on... Uh, improving tech for my classroom and I was doing that in my personal life but it was gonna help me all the way around and I really liked doing it that is awesome I love it when something that you learn at work is transferable Mm -hmm. right like that it benefited benefited you and your family I I recently heard about uh, something in an article called time bundling and it's the practice of pairing two things together And so I recently made the goal of incorporating growth mindset language and inclusive language into my life. So I listen to books and podcasts and I try to learn about this. And at the same time, I am exercising, I am getting fresh air, I am feeling forward motion. I've started time bundling a whole bunch of tasks, things that I do not enjoy with things that um, I enjoy a lot. Mm, So I'll be folding laundry and I'll be like, I haven't talked to so-and-so in a while. I'll pick up the phone. Uh, they'll either be on speaker or my headphones, depending on how annoyed my family is in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's actually worse, worse sometimes when you have headphones because uh, there's only one person talking and they sound, you know, a little off. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I do that. And then that laundry is folded, you know, it feels like within minutes because I'm, I'm connecting with a friend and I'm achieving something in the household that... Uh, needs to be done. Didn't so, even realize you did it. You love time bundling. It's it's a oh, it's great way to move forward. It's yeah. the best. Yeah, and I just want to stress that it is really important to just pick one or two things. Like picking this planner for me, I kept it really simple. There are all kinds of amazing digital planners that you can buy out there, but that kind of overwhelmed me and I just wanted something basic. Yeah. So I just made my own on a Google slide and put my schedule in there. And then I started gradually inputting digital lessons. And at the same time I had to make my lessons digital so that's a major process so just doing that bit by bit actually produced huge results well it pays you forward into you know all of your years of teaching so you had one main goal I think that's a really big goal personally like transferring you know the way that you do things all into you know a digital space Mm -hmm. 
And then the next year, you know, you choose a, a, a second goal that, that, you know, you value that will help pay you forward. And then, you know, five years in, 10 years in, 15 years in, you've developed all of these amazing goals and, you know, you're growing as a, as a teacher. And yeah, then and everything then- will change. You'll have that base knowledge and it's continuous and it's always going to help you grow. Something that is really important, important being one of my favorite words, you're going to hear, yeah, me you say that, that a, a lot from Alex. Yeah, yeah. So let's change it. It's key to be flexible and, and adaptable. Okay. <laughs> so we make plans as teachers, but we also have to be okay with letting those plans go. Things do not always go according to plan. So upon entering a new school year, I like to hold back a bit now, assess the situation, and then move forward with plans. We plan, plan, plan as teachers. We plan the lesson, the day, the week, the month. So it can be really like counterintuitive to then go with it. But you have to give yourself the grace and and feel the mood in the room. So something that always works for me is, is to create a skeleton to look ahead at my calendar and... You may have your curriculum all, not your curriculum, the curriculum that you're following all laid out, but the activities that you do in the room can depend on the group, the character of the group. So by all means, prepare and plan, but don't go overboard because the beginning of the year is about developing community, which is something we're going to talk about, you know, you know, moving forward a lot because mm-hmm. it's key. It's important. First thing you have to do. It's the first thing you have to do. And that's going to help reduce anxiety too. It is. And getting to know the students so that you can get an idea of how, what types of learning strategies that you you need to include in the planning. And we'll discuss uh, this in one of our later episodes, how to begin connecting with students and, and building your community. But as a leader of the community, it is crucial that you do take care of yourself first. That's right. And that's why our fourth point is to build a support network. Connecting with your colleagues and your friends and your family is huge. And we do this so we don't feel isolated and overwhelmed because it's really easy to feel that way in this profession. Yeah, 100% it is. And that can be at any point in your career. It could be at the beginning. It could be when you're going through something big in your life. It can be when you're having a really challenging class one year or Mm -hmm. um, challenging leadership. Yeah, sure. People all around you, but it can still be isolating. Yeah, it really can. So sharing your experiences and your ideas and supporting each other can honestly make all the difference. I mean, I've learned almost everything I know about teaching from the people that I've worked with and that I work with now. So you'll learn so much from other people and it's okay to lean on them. Yeah, because there's so much information and so much pressure coming at us as teachers all the time. And I know for me, it can make me feel very alone and, and there's just such a long list and you're, you're not even making a dent in it. So I think, you know, not being ashamed or embarrassed or afraid to, to lean on somebody to help them, to get them to pull you up a little bit, especially people who've been doing it for a really long time. You can also reach out to family and friends and spend time with them and, and not ask people to fill your bucket, but spend time with them and to have your, you know... To keep your bucket full. Yeah, keep you your do bucket have to full. do that. You, you really do. Don't isolate uh, yourself from people who can help to reset you. Mm-hmm. Reach out to the people who can help to reset you and... I think that in those really busy times as teachers, we have a hard time pulling away from from the career, the profession, and doing things that are just for us. And it doesn't really help you and it doesn't really help your classroom. It's hard not to think about it. 
Yeah. So, because you carry the day with you, right? Absolutely. So you go home and, <laughs> and you know, you have these little thoughts. You mm-hmm. have these, oh, well, I said this today. I hope that when I mentioned that, it didn't remind the student of something that upset them. Those thoughts constantly pop into one's head, right? Because yep. you're not dealing with a computer. You're not dealing with, you know, a renovation. Uh, yeah. You're dealing with human beings who go home and have their own thoughts too. Mm-hmm. And you're worried about, you know, what they're thinking and feeling. So that is an emotional part of the job that I find to be challenging. And that is why it is so important that we all focus on our own self-care. Yep. I know. I know everyone hears this a lot. Yeah. But there is something to it and it involves being intentional and finding what works for you. Yeah, don't let someone else dictate um, what your self-care looks like. You have to use what works for you. So for me, it's taking a yoga class, uh, going for long walks. For other people, it could be going hunting and fishing, playing laser tag, smashing plates. Um, What is it for you? And there are external and internal ways of doing this, okay? So I mean, for the external forms of self-care, that's like going to get the massage, going to the spa. Maybe you're going heli skiing if that floats your boat. Like you're making these appointments, you're going to do these things and they make you feel great. So that's awesome. But they are additions to your life and um, they are taking up your time, which is great. But sometimes we can add too much to our lives. And don't forget that self-care can actually be reducing some of the things in our lives, like staying in for the weekend, which, you know, teachers might really need to do, just have a break from everything. (laughs) (laughs) Or turning your phone off. Or, you know, just sitting and having your cup of tea in the morning like that is a form of self-care it's beautiful so and you're not really adding or something to your schedule I I think some of that too is you know something that you do every day but taking the time to realize I'm enjoying this beautiful hot coffee or tea and it's quiet right now Mm -hmm. and really relishing in it and being mindful so that gives you something to look forward to every day you can value it as a form of self-care. One thing I've realized talking to colleagues in the staff room, by the way. Mm, Good place to go. Yeah, is that (laughs) when we say self-care looks different for everyone, I've learned, I've kind of learned what my colleagues do. You never would have described it as self-care because to me, self-care can be very very stereotyped. Kind of female too sometimes, stereotypically, Mm -hmm. like do yoga, you know, go for... You know, you said a massage or whatnot, but the spa, yeah, yeah. Right, but right, but right. now, and talking to my colleagues, like there's there's people who go like, yeah, hunting and fishing, or they go and play hockey in a league on the weekend. That is a form of self care. So don't let someone else define for you what self care looks like. It is exactly what you do to feel good, to feel happy, to enjoy, to disconnect. Right. And like we said earlier, as teachers, we know there's trial and error in figuring out what works for us. So let's go back to the beginning now and sum up these five takeaways that we really hope are going to help you reduce some of that August anxiety. So first, disconnect and reflect on the previous year. Think about what you want to stop, start, and continue. This will help with our second suggestion, which is set goals. It's okay to set goals that will benefit you both in your personal and professional life. Remember to choose one or two big ideas and work at your own pace. This allows you to be flexible and to adapt when things don't always go as planned. Give yourself grace. 
and do this with the help of others. Remember to build a support network for yourself. Having others to share experiences with, bounce ideas off of, and laugh with makes a world of difference in feeling supported in this journey. And finally, self-care is key. Make sure that you prioritize your wellness because it benefits everyone. It benefits you, which benefits your work. And that's what this whole podcast is about. Exactly. And there's so much more to come. Make sure you join us next time when we give you five ways to connect with those fresh faces coming into your classroom. Until then, please enjoy that much-needed vacation. You truly deserve it. School of Mirrors be gone, and we be gone too, Chelsea. Let's get out of here. <laughs> okay. Until next time. Be well. Do well. <laughs>